0: Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. Uh, this is episode 63 now for any, for all our, uh, what are we calling our listeners now? Uh, anesthesiacs. Yes, for any anesthesiacs who are listening and presumably you must be listening to know that I'm saying this and that would de facto make you an anesthesiac. Uh, <laughs> yes it would <laughs> we can be found on our website which is www.lapodcast.net from there you can download all of our entire back catalogue of episodes uh, we're on twitter at at lapodcast we're on facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash lapodcast we can be found on soundcloud if you search for local anaesthetic podcast uh, our latest episode is always put on there not all of the episodes yeah have. I
1: don't think sixty. well also 60 and 61 the mini episodes were not on there either but. uh mm. That's fine. You know where where to get them. Get them from the usual places, iTunes and the website. Yeah, you
0: can get all of our episodes from iTunes where you can, of course, subscribe to our podcast and and you can choose the option to have all those episodes downloaded to you automatically if you choose. And finally, the most important is you can email us. If you've got a story in your local area that you think we would choose to read out on this podcast and submit it to us for our listener story of the week and uh, you can email it to us at lapodcast.net at gmail.com that's lapodcast.net at gmail.com um, now uh, Rob just before we start just checking in with you how are you because obviously it's been a week since your holiday you still you, you still you seem a bit on edge today so
1: I, I feel like whatever refreshment happened over the course of your gay cruise has worn off it has I mean I'm back at work for uh, only four days because it was a bank holiday on Monday and any uh, relaxation or any sort of stressful environment that I was living in is now uh, dissipated and I'm back to the usual slog, unfortunately. I'm getting really fed up with people asking about the holiday, which is, I know, is, is quite bad. But, um, but surely there's only a limited amount of people who'd ask you that question. You must have, I mean, Well, no, I suppose it's, in some way it's my own fault because I, mean, I, I suppose to an extent I must have been bragging about it. And I was showing people the hotel and now all these fuckers are asking me how it was. It's like, yeah, it's fine. It feels like a distant memory now and so on. I mean, oh, you know, I, I'm giving the same sort of trite answers. And ugh. What kind of answers do you give? So I, so I see you at work. Oh, Rob,
0: how was the holiday? Fuck off. Right. No. <laughs> that, that, sort of, <laughs> that sort of trite answer, yeah. Leave me
1: alone! No. Um,
0: Basically, it- people mentioning the turkey holiday is reminding you of how stressed you now feel <laughs> in comparison to the bliss you felt. On the gay cruise.
1: Yeah, basically. And do you know why I feel quite bad because I did I did put a post up. I, I decided to say hello to the listeners to reconnect with the listeners on uh, on Thursday. I put a message on Facebook and Twitter just asking me how they were and say I'm back from the holiday. And they all said how's the holiday? Uh no one replied, no, obviously. Um and um I said you know, I hope you get the the episode up tonight. That was Thursday night. Uh, unfortunately I had to work late on Thursday night and yesterday, so it went up this morning. So it's it, no excuse, Rob. No, I I I, I realised that. I'm sorry, listeners. I've let you all down. And yourself.
0: Okay, Rob, I'm going to kick us off uh, this week with just some, you know, some little tidbits, I guess, that have caught my eye. Right. Um, And the first is a story that I'm not even going to read out. Right. Uh, it's, a new, it's a new 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 concepts. Yeah, I just want to suggest an episode title straight away. I think normally our episode titles do have to be linked kind of to a story we've read out. Yeah. But I'm only gonna read out the headline because the, the story's not worth reading. It out. has to be good if it's just a headline. Well Rob, I'm I yeah, this is my favourite potential episode title ever, and it leads me to believe that somebody from the New Shopper is listening to this podcast and and trying their best to put you know random words together in a headline that sound brilliant. Right. Um, I'd mean,
1: do, do you I'd think, like to believe that's true. You said to me that you thought that somebody could be listening. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, we do cover local area. You would have thought that maybe in one of our endeavours, it might have got back to one of the readers or maybe one of the listeners who passed it to the New Shopper. Well, this, this may be evidence of this, Rob. It's just a headline. It is brilliant. It's a brilliant
0: use of words and I want it as our episode title.
1: This has just occurred to me. Would it be, I mean, we haven't contacted the new shopper directly, I reckon, Could we not just send a business card in an envelope to the headquarters of the new shopper? To Alan Parks. Yeah. Nothing else, just Andrew the business Parks, card. So. Andrew Parks. Yes. Okay. That's yes. a great idea. I don't know, I've only done it's just hit me, I don't know why. Because we can I do it to well, as
0: well. Yeah, I agree, like a calling card. Yeah, yeah. So the police don't know. well our address isn't on there, so we should be fine. Yeah. Rob, this is the headline. I'm not reading the story. I just want you to close your ears and listen to this brilliant collection of words. Are you Close you ready? your eyes.
1: Close your ears. That, that wouldn't be conducive. Did I say close your ears? You did say I don't that. know how you do that. No. Okay. The headline is from the New Shopper
0: on the 29th of April 2013. And I'm crediting this headline to the journalist, Heloise Wood. The headline is... Toxic oak processionary moth caterpillar alert in Bromley. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, one, one more time. This is my favourite ever header. Toxic Oak Processionary Moth Caterpillar Alert in Bromley. Toxic Oak Pre- Processionary Moth Caterpillar Alert. So it's like... I don't understand what that means. <laughs> no, so somebody's put <laughs> some words into a hat and they've just pulled out the word Toxic Oak Processionary Moth Caterpillar and Alert. And they've said, there's our headline. The story is basically just about Bromley residents being warned to keep an eye out for toxic moths. But
1: I want uh... <laughs> a bit, but that implies Toxic Oath. Uh, the Toxic Oak even. Yeah, it's called the Oak Processionary Moth. Oh, name. I see, right, okay. So
0: can our head can our episode title for this week please be Toxic Oak Processionary Moth Caterpillar Alert.
1: Yes, that's fine, yeah. Good. Yeah. And hopefully that should get back to the new shopper. Absolutely. Uh, the other stories which have
0: caught my eye this week, Rob, um one relates to my immediate area where I live and where I grew up, Sydenham. Right. Um, I know it well. I've been there myself. It's from the New Shopper. It was written on the eighth of May. It's again by Heloise Woods, Busy Lady, mm. and the headline is: Sydney man in quotes flabbergasted to discover <laughs> that he is Abraham Lincoln's relative."
1: <laughs> oh God! Really? Yes. Yeah. Is, is he? though? Yes,
0: he is. <laughs> uh, a retired civil servant from Sydenham was flabbergasted to discover he was related to Abraham Lincoln. Robert Gilchrist, 61, has discovered he is the eighth cousin three times removed <laughs> from the most famous US president. Right. Eighth cousin three times removed, yes. As a result, he's being offered a once-in-a-lifetime trip to explore his relative's resting place in America's Midwest. By who? By the United States. Right. The Illinois Office of Tourism asked genealogist Anthony Adolph... I'd, I'd, I'd lose that sound <laughs> Wouldn't you? If I was a genealogist, I wouldn't want any references to Adolph. I'd be exploring the other side
1: of his family more well, like well, to be fair. That sounds far more interesting.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Asked genealogist Anthony Adolf to help find people in the UK who were related to Lincoln, whose who's life was made <laughs> into a film starring Daniel Day-Lewis last year. Mr Gilchrist of Woodbasswick Road, Sydenham, has been tracing his family tree for around four years and came across an appeal from Mr Adolf in an ancestry magazine. We are looking for... Dissent- <laughs>
1: sorry. Are you related to Adolf Hitler? So, Sorry, no, no, no. So, uh, to Abraham Lincoln, we'd like to speak to you. Is that German? I think it might have been Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough.
0: <laughs> He said, The advert asked if people had ancestors who lived in Hingham in Norfolk in the 1600s. I knew one of my ancestors had married a Lincoln about 400 years ago and emigrated because of the religious turmoil. I wow. did some awful awesome research on the internet and sent off the details. However, I didn't think anything of it. And about three weeks later, I was told I was a relative. I was flabbergasted. When I told my family, they had a similar reaction to me, as in, this kind of thing does not happen to people like us.
1: Is it that, or is it the fact that you just got a free holiday out of it?
0: Quite possibly. <laughs> uh... Lincoln was such an influential figure, he says, in American history, highlighted by his abolishment of slavery. <laughs> There's something about that quote that I love. I don't know what it is. What is it, Rob?
1: I don't know. There is something very comical about that quote. Like, Can I can't quite again. put
0: my finger on it. Lincoln was such an influential figure in American history, highlighted... Well, his abolishment of slavery. I think it's because it's very, the understatement. Yeah, it is the understatement. Highlighted by his abolishment it's of slavery. Not,
1: it's, it's mainly, I think that's why he's famous, because of the Emancipation Proclamation and the fact that he was, he, it was President. him, uh, yeah, that, and, 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 and just changed the complete face of the US. The Illinois Office of
0: Tourism has offered Mr. Gilchrist a trip to America this summer so he can visit the 16th US President's House, the law offices where he worked, and his final resting place in Oak Ridge Cemetery. Mr. Gilchrist added, I've been reading up on him and hopefully my wife and I will be in Springfield, Illinois, for Independence Day on July 4th, which would be amazing. Now, Rob, the interesting thing about this story was I had to send it to my sister, who then sent it on to my parents. Why? Because we know this man... (laughs) <laughs> oh good thanks for telling me that now mr gilchrist well no, no no i don't we don't know him currently oh mr richard <laughs> hey? this is him richard gilchrist no, uh, i mean, a try and a hat, right? Okay. yeah yeah these could be your words not mine <laughs> we uh went to, when we went to church the gilchrist family uh were, were friends of ours i've been to their house in wood road for barbecues i i mean if they if i saw them now they'd probably recognize me this is a picture of the family rob why is he, why has he got a stovepipe? Is it a stovepipe? Uh, I th- well, I don't know. I think he's trying to look, um, yeah, historical. And he's also ch- holding a glass of wine. Of course. And That's a, champagne
1: and, a, and a, probably a plane ticket,
0: say. Yeah, two tickets to the United States, which are hovering just below a picture of Abraham Lincoln. Which is I do is love the fact
1: that like, there's three pictures on the website. One of him, one of his family, and one of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, because related, they
0: bear no resemblance whatsoever. Because they're all related, Rob. But, but But the point is, Rob, that me via living in Sydenham and via my personal connection to the Gilchrist family, am now, albeitly, indirectly related to the emancipation of slavery. And I feel fucking good about that. And so you should. Now, Rob, last one, short one. It's from the Bournemouth Echo. So, going to a different area of the country now, but as you know, it's where my parents now reside.
1: The racist part of the country where your parents reside. Yeah.
0: Uh, Litter campaigner warned his mission is, in quotes, highly dangerous this is on the 1st right. of May, May Day. There's no journalist listed. OK. A cabinet maker who is on a mission to rid Britain of rubbish has been warned... <laughs> <It's> ambitious. <laughs> yep. That his clean-up campaign could be, in quotes, highly dangerous. Self-styled, in quotes, professional litter picker, close quotes, Simon Owens, 50, from Sturminster Newton, plans to raise £10,000 to clear up rubbish over a three-month period. OK. But he has been told that only highly trained staff should pick litter on high-speed roads... The advice comes just weeks. <laughs> Sorry. Where's he doing it? On oh, well, motorways. Sides of motorways. He's doing it on the side of motorways. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nutter. This is a
1: picture of him. He he looks like a sort of uh I don't know why self starred, I don't think anyone anyone wants to turn professional liquor. Lick- lip- I think bigger. I think this guy does. Oh, oh God. Describe <laughs> him. Well he,
0: if he wasn't doing this he'd be he'd be trekking through the jungles of Peru, wouldn't he? Yeah, or yeah. have yeah.
1: I think it does. I think it does. Or, 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 or flashing children. Um, what's it? Is that a camera? Why has he got a camera? Because he films it as well. He films himself picking... There's wick- a video,
0: there's a video on here, which I'm not going to show you, which is his, 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 uh, it's a camera mounted to the side of his car while <laughs> he drives along and shows all the litter on the side of the road. Yeah. Litter can. Why, Alex? Huh? Well, listen to the story. The advice comes about this being highly dangerous just weeks after 1.8 tonnes of rubbish were cleared from along the side of Spur Road during five nights at a cost of £10,000. I love this, and there was a separate story all about it, which I'm not going to read out, which right. it's covered here. The most prominent item recently abandoned by the roadside was... A cabinet? A fully built greenhouse. <laughs> Rob, wait for it. Minus the glass. <laughs> 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 At which point doesn't it stop being a greenhouse? Because yeah, not- I've seen the picture of this, it's just a massive greenhouse without the glass, so just the frame it's just a shelter. on the side of the road. Somebody dumped that. Just <laughs> past Blackwater Junction on the northbound carriageway of the A338. Simon, who has posted video footage of rubbish discarded along the a 38 online, now intends to make a documentary about the problem in the hope it will inspire people to change their ways. It's going to be one hell of a fascinating documentary. Absolutely. He said, The amount of litter that lines our roadsides pollutes our rivers and kills our wildlife. Recently, I collected 1,100 aluminium cans in 16 hours around Dorset and the New Forest. That sounds like one hell of a fun 16 hours. He does sound like I'm a man you want at a dinner
1: party. With sparkling windows like, like
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. The aim of this project is to improve the look of our beautiful landscape, and most importantly, to ask people to please stop littering. The consequences of dumping waste and throwing cans from car windows are much deeper than just being unsightly. Dumping waste. I quite like the idea of somebody throwing some shit out of a car window. <laughs> or a greenhouse. Or a greenhouse. Steve Burdis, director of Dorset Waste Partnership. Said, we appreciate Mr. Owen's enthusiasm for keeping our country beautiful and we actively support community cleanups. However, it would be highly dangerous to try and pick litter up on high speed roads because this is what this Nutter is doing. Um, anyway, some comments here, Rob. Music Cliffman says, simple, give him a high vis jacket and five similarly clad but idle companions, then close the 8 or 38 for a few hours, preferably morning peak, and claim that it costs £10,000. That should keep the council jobs worth very happy. <laughs> okay. Louise Bournemouth says, fair play to him, it's good to see someone doing something about the litter problem. I've been doing my own litter picks around Bournemouth for years with my friends, collecting over 30 black bin bags full, at least. Each time, one to two hours each time. This was on busy roads too. Worst thing that ever happened to us, though, was a wasps thing. Well done for your efforts and thank you for taking the time to improve our environment. So this lady, Rob, gets her mates together, goes out of black bin bags and wanders up and down high speed roads collecting trash.
1: I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I've heard of, heard of a very stra- some strange stag parties and hen but that's a new one. Uh, and then the the man himself comments
0: and says, right. "Hats off to Dorset Waste Partnership. The A double three eight was trashed with waste, and it does not surprise me. It took them five nights to clean it up." Secondly, my campaign is not highly dangerous. You can find details of it here, and everybody anybody who'd like to help this man uh, on his environmental quest, you can visit www.pleasefund.us pleasefund. forward slash projects forward slash please hyphen the hyphen documentary hyphen part hyphen one what a catchy web address. Yes. Does it say
1: oh, I can buy his uh, his, uh, his cabinets? Can I be really cynical? Yeah, well, you normally are. Yeah, that's true. Um, is this not just a plea uh, or just an attempt to make money because his cabinet business is failing? He's a cabinet maker, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't so mention to... about his cabinets. So you're saying that he's... I'm saying the cabinet business is going under. He needs uh, a new way to make money for himself and to fund his addiction to cameras. Um, and so he's gone into the, he's gone into the way, the waste removal business
0: uh, Rob I'm trying to think of a term to describe this man to so the listeners so people get an idea but if you imagine this guy is wearing a high vis jacket blue blue you know um, he looks like a homeless man, Alex, in a high yeah, vis jacket. Yeah, blue, blue jeans. But a cap, like an American-style baseball. He looked, I'm trying to think he's a... What's the word I'm thinking of? He's Hobo.
1: Like,
0: no, 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 but he's more than that. He's like the sort of guy who would like to be an Indiana Jones. He thinks he's like an adventurer, like I say. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's got a backpack oh, on his back. He's like a ranger. He's a, an outlaw. He'd be a cowboy. If he was in America, he'd be a cowboy. He's out there on the wild frontier... I mean, I can imagine uh, a sort of Indiana Jones type film about this guy. But what would it be? Uh, Indiana Jones and the what? Collection of shit. Indiana Jones and the collection of shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, Wasn't that Indiana Jones 4? <laughs> no, that was Collector of shit. <laughs> Right, Rob, have you got a
0: story for us?
1: Well, I've actually got three stories, uh, two that are, are relatively long. Have and you got a theme for, for sure. these stories? You're going to have to have Well, uh, they're kind of loosely connected uh, around council services uh, and possibly uh, the waste thereof. Um, the first story is from the Croydon Advertiser. Uh, the story is by uh, Georgie Keat, and uh, the headline is... First World War grenade found at uh, former Sanderstead home of Nazi sympathiser. So a grenade has been found in the
0: home of a Nazi sympathiser. Yeah, sympathizer. former. Not, he's no longer there. But he's moved on. Oh, he hasn't, he hasn't,
1: uh, changed, he hasn't sort of gone back on his beliefs. Anymore. Uh, no, no. I think he's still, he might have done. I think he, they went to him with, to his grave. Uh, I don't expose the First <laughs> What? You don't <laughs> know that. No, but there's not, there's the last comment of the story kind of implies that is the case. First World War hand grenade was found underneath a plant pot at home that used to belong to a Nazi sympathiser. I'm not sure if all the postman knew him as that, but... Underneath
0: a plant pot? Yeah. It's a bit of a... not a great hiding place.
1: I'm not sure if the plant pot was upturned. Yeah, I think it was, and it was underneath it. Because it's not very well hidden, is it? No, potentially dangerous. I'd keep it somewhere a bit safer than that. Police were called to Sandershead Hill on on Sunday morning by a frightened homeowner who discovered a device just a month after moving into the property. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You thinking what the fuck else is here? Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's planted around on a Sunday morning. Lifts up, oh shit! A um, hundred meter exclusion zone was set up around the house, and the church was forced to interrupt its Sunday service while the emergency <laughs> services dealt with the century old explosive. The resident, who was asked not to be named, don't know why, said on the connections to Nazism. Right? Yeah, possibly. Um, I was digging around in the garden. At the back, I saw a dark green object with a yellow line around it. I immediately recognised it from the movies, but couldn't believe what I was seeing.
0: Hang on, hang on, sorry. I immediately recognised it from the movies? Yes. You need you need to have seen a hand grenade in a movie to know it's a hand grenade, do you? Yes, you do, yeah. Okay.
1: Um, I mean, I, I, I... Well, to be fair,
0: have I ever seen a hand grenade actually in the flesh? Probably not. No.
1: Um, I have, but that's, uh, that's, that's in my collection. I just thought... Oh, this is not happening. There are children running around the garden. I have no option but to call the police. Yeah, that would be a good option, yeah. I
0: don't think I'd freak out because it's been laying there dormant for the last however many hours that True. she was there wandering around the garden. It's not going to suddenly go off. I, you'd have to check the pin was still in, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, apparently it was. So uh, there's no immediate change to it. Uh, uh, you know, eradicate his entire family. Um, I was on hold them for 20 minutes while they worked out what to do and they said I had to get everyone inside. The grenade had a 30-meter killing range and a 100-meter sh- uh, shrapnel range. Three fire I engines. I'd have been tempted to pull out the pin and lob it over the garden fence, just fun. I think there would have been a sign to me. Just would just you know, just devil may care and let just do that. I think I'd throw it in the pond and kill the carp. <laughs> <laughs> Three fire ranges from Croydon, one from Pearlie arrived at about at 11 a.m. Just in case the grenade detonated and started to fire among the cluster of houses around the garden. The grenade discovered.
0: That is worst-case scenario, right there.
1: Uh, yeah yeah, but like I said it's been there 100 years and it should be okay the 100 grin? years first yeah. world war is it yeah fucking hell yeah so it's been there a Collect while collector's place yeah am not sure I would have it's just like- if you
0: collected it where, where, where,
1: is the garden the natural place to hide it
0: <laughs> I, I find it all very peculiar yeah I mean I like the fact that this guy was keeping it there just in case yeah <laughs>
1: That. Because it's not going to.
0: To me, why would you need it? If somebody broke into your home, you don't want to be throwing grenades around in your house. That's probably going to
1: kill you as well I as love the burglar. I love that. There's someone literally coming and just. I don't know. Maybe some Jehovah's Witnesses came to the door and he just, just roll said, a grenade. I'm just going to pop to the garden. I'll be right back. Come and sit down. And just literally walks out. Walks out the patio doors. Chucks the flower pot Pours the bin. Chucks it in. Blows up the house. <laughs> um, the, degre- the grenade discovery explained how the police cordoned off the entire area around the house and called it "cordon's version of the Hurt Locker."
0: Not anything, really.
1: No. Actually, it was just one man. It was all very quiet and effective, said the homeowner. He actually came in, went to the, the grenade and defused it. I've no idea how it got there. I think someone, just like me, had no idea what to do with it. I just hit. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, s- someone didn't t- t- no, turn not No, but out- w- I can imagine... No, 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 it- someone did not go... Oh, no, just- What do I do with it? Well, I'll leave it under the park port till I've worked out...
0: Yeah, maybe. If but,
1: must have, but someone must have known where it come from. You wouldn't just be digging the back garden to go, oh, there's a grenade there. I'll keep that just in case. Where's <laughs> well, a good place to store it. I know, the back garden and the plant pot. And that'll protect it if it goes on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that should minimise the blast. Um, I'd bury it is what I'd do. Well, I, I called it, if it's in a plant pot, it might have been buried. Because we don't know if it's been upended the plot. Well, i not going on about that. Sorry. Um, I've no <laughs> idea how it got there. I think someone, just like me, had no idea what to do with it. I just hid in the back garden. However... Uh, The family's neighbour, who'd known the previous occupants, had other ideas, giving a a story a more sinister turn. The neighbour told the advertiser, an old couple used to live there. The man died about 10 years ago, and he once told me he bought the Jewish Chronicle because he wanted to know what the enemy was saying. (laughs) Did he speak in a German accent, this guy? (laughs) I don't know. He had Nazi memorabilia in the house. I I know the Grenade was from the First World War, but maybe he collected that too hell. So, uh, a nice couple
0: usually <laughs> live nice. Where are they now? I don't know. I imagine they've
1: moved on. police would be very interested. Uh, apparently, no, it, does, it did say that they're not, the police aren't looking to take any further action. No,
0: okay.
1: no because uh, at the end of the day, he didn't kill anyone. No. And uh, that's okay. The second story uh, kind of caught my attention. Uh, it's only short because uh, it just seems uh, to be a waste of and, uh, taxpayers' money. Stonehouse-based telecommunications company moves into old police station. Uh, Dancing stars Gloucester performed outside the new premises of EuroLink Connect. Does that not sound like a generic company, EuroLink Connect? Does that oh, sound like it's been made up? Is it, well, well, all names are made up, bro. All yeah, uh, company names are made up. It's a good point, <laughs> uh, EuroLink. But you know what it means? Like, you, you can imagine sort of a comedy based around the company EuroLink Connect. No, no, no. You're connecting right. you to Europe. Join <laughs> uh, the opening ceremony on Thursday uh, on Thursday evening. The Art of Communication was celebrated last Thursday night at the opening of the Stonehouse-based Eurolink Connection's new premises. So I'm just thinking how
0: there's it's quite an irony that we've moved from a story about a Nazi sympathiser Nazi to a story about a company called Eurolink Direct,
1: which might have been uh, Hitler's overall plan, really. This is true. Yeah, good point. Never thought about that. Are you saying that there might be some sort of fascist sympathies in, in this company? No. Oh, okay. Mayor Chris Bryan officially opened the tele- telecommunications company's new premises at the old police station in, in Stonehenge. Yeah, I don't think Plasties. he's
0: opening it as a smokescreen to, 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 <laughs> <laughs> smoke to, to begin, the, to begin the, the unification of Europe under a fascist totalitarian regime.
1: But we can't rule it out. Well, no, you're right. That's
0: yeah, a good point.
1: Um, your link spent £250,000 on, on, the on the move from its old premises on the Bond Mills trading estate and the rebranding. Dance stars Gloucestershire performed drive routines outside the building during the opening with a Jailhouse Rock theme in keeping with its former use. So why would you ask, why would a company ask for a dance troupe to
0: come and dance out? Was any passerby at all interested in this? I've just got an image of them in a car
1: park doing this to nobody. Yeah, there's, there's a very interesting, I haven't got the picture here, but the, if you can imagine, this is a professional company, a telecommunications company uh, that has been opened by the mayor after a massive rebrand. And they've got people outside doing the leapfrog in front of it to celebrate what the former use of their building. Yeah, it's weird, Alex. It's a bad idea. It seems like a cover. My last story uh, is from the advert, the Swindon advert. Uh, the story is by David. Not what the Second name is just David.
0: I don't like this way that they do. I mean, is it, uh, are the
1: journalists so embarrassed of their articles they don't want to be identified by their surname? Possibly, and uh, to be fair, he should be. Swindon Library user is upset over 50p socket charge.
0: Socket charge. Sorry, socket fee even. So this is somebody who's in the library wanted to use an electric socket and was asked to pay 50 pence.
1: Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. User Josh... That's quite reasonable. No, yeah, well, I thought, <laughs> Which is more or less what, what the comments are. Uh, user Josh Poor... Legembe. Uh Josh Poor Legembe. Yeah, I <laughs> was pronounce it. Uh, is poor like a middle name? Is it double barrelled? Uh, I think... I'm assuming it's a middle name. Is it p no, not Paul. Not, Paul, I thought you said Paul. <laughs> Paul. No. I thought you said Paul, as in vagabond, as in Oh, I see. Destitute. No, no, a it's a not. A pauper. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah you, yeah. A jav. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a bastard, no. Um, that's a cool by It's been used about a new 50p charge used electricity sockets at Central Library, which Swindon Council says aims to tackle crime. What's the
0: crime? People going and charging their iPhones for free? I mean, I don't, what's the crime? Who would go to a library and spend four
1: hours there waiting for their iPhone to chip? You say that, Alex, but we'll come on to that. Okay. Last month, purple plastic covers were installed over the twin war sockets on all floors of the library Regent Circus, each bearing a sticker asking those wishing to charge a laptop or phone to pay 50p at the desk. Josh 30, a freelance copywriter who had used the library as a workplace for about three years, says the library staff... You've used the library as a workplace? Are you allowed to...? So, so he was leeching off the electricity <laughs> then.
0: Hang I mean? he can't complain about paying 50p if he's using that as his workplace and charging his laptop and think electricity costs money.
1: Yes. And it, it, I don't I don't think that if he's using this as a workspace and having to pay 50p a day, that's to, an extortion. Could I fee. just go
0: to my local library, set up a desk, phone, computer... Using their free Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, sh- yeah. Getting calls routed through to the receptionist. Masturbating the books. I, 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 I don't know. Is that know. what you do at
1: work? Well, I depends he's around. Um, plus, we don't have a library. <laughs> So, um, lucky by the sound of it yeah. uh, <laughs> says that the library staff uh, claimed the move aims to tackle uh, tackle crime rates but it did not explain the nature of the socket related crimes and he suspects the charge simply aims to raise money he said if they aren't working 50p is going to be a great deal for them um, well, if they aren't working what if the socket 50p to use a socket for I don't think they're t- going to charge you 50p if the socket isn't working <laughs> I think... this man's an I- a maggot <laughs> strong words <to> there <laughs> It's a public <laughs> It's a public library. Everybody should be able to go and use their sockets. <laughs> if they tell us we want to increase our incomes of the library, that's a better reason than saying we are, uh, we are deterring crime. Crime in a library? I find it very hard to believe that the library is a place people come to commit crime. And what sort of crime? Uh, a swimming council spoke... in the books. Oh, yeah, exactly. See? Flashing in the, in the rented DVDs. A Swindon council spokesman said staff and uh, library users have been threatened and abused, and uh, furniture and fitting have been damaged. We know that charging for the sockets will also affect library users, but we just want to use the li- um, who just want to use the library to study and learn. But we had to introduce deterrent for those who inter- who are intent on causing trouble. It's had a positive effect, and the problems have reduced considerably. What's this trouble that you use around electricity sockets? Well, uh, let me just—I'll cite these figures. Um, Library staff record all incidents, and for the three months of January, February, and March, there were 38 incidents which can be attributed to the presence of people in the library who are only there for phone charging, which is an average of just 13 per month. Since April 15, how many incidents do you think there have been? Since they put in the electricity? Since they put these measures in. One. No, it's more than that. Four, Alex. So it's gone down from 13, although April 15 implies that it's only half a month, but there's only been four instances, so, you know, that's quite a drop. But if we were
0: to factor it into it being a whole month, it would actually be more like eight as opposed to 13.
1: Yeah, so probably
0: about the same and also, And in that and in that time, they've probably raised, what, five quid?
1: Well, the council bought 60 socket covers at £5.60 each, a total of £336.
0: So it's going to take them probably, you know, a good half a year to recoup the money.
1: Yeah. Uh, comments. Uh, Concerned of Wiltshire says, "Quoting the article, Josh 30, a freelance copywriter, used the library as a place of work <laughs> for about three years and now he's winning about 50p for electricity. My goodness.
0: Well, especially as it's a, a library is a free place where you can go in and borrow books for free. And I think if you're going to be using... You know, if I went to a library and wanted to sit on the internet all day and they said we're going to charge
1: you a pound to use the internet for the entire day, I'd say fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Salt and Vinegar says, what a tight git. Um, a yeah, maggot, that's what I said. A rather strangely named uh, commenter called Fox in Exile uh, says, anyone for the council reading this, Mr. Le- Legembi owes you three years back rent, business rates and service bills. If you do not collect, I expect my rates, gas, electricity to be paid by the council. Who would you like me to send the invoice to? Good point. Uh, Davey Gravy says, Libraries are not there to provide free charging of electrical devices. 50p is more than reasonable. And uh, just to finish off, Bimbos for Justice says, Fully support the 50p charge. Maybe this man should get his own office with electricity and Wi-Fi. He's had three years to put his house in order. What a prat. <laughs> like I said, a maggot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <yeah. laughs> well, I think, you know, it's uh, slightly, slightly nicer than refer to him as some sort of, uh, some sort of... Creature at the bottom of the food chain.
0: <laughs> okay, Rob. Um, my last story here is uh, the return of Andrew Parks again. Um, do you want to recap just for the listener on what I've been, what's been going on? Over, what did, what did I talk about last week? What do you? There's been some. About?
1: There's been some big news, and obviously I will remember this. By the way, the um, Britain's Angriest Hack Facebook page is up to date with all the latest stuff. Britain's Angriest Hack yeah. is the Facebook page. <clears throat> And there's a link to it from the local anaesthetic. And these are page. the
0: articles linking to Andrew Parks, who's the editor of the New Shopper, who does a weekly editor's eye. And we're linking to them because they are, well, insane.
1: They basically document the man's... Uh, uh, one man's descent into madness. Yeah. it's the best way to describe it. Anyway, uh, he wrote an article um, going back about on the 25th of April, I think it was, um, basically stating that um, certain people should be... Uh, what was it? What Sterilized, was it? sterilized, effectively, yeah, um, and uh, and the story caused outrage. I think someone actually reported it to the Breast Complaints Commission. Um, and anyway, the, the the story was picked up by the national press, um, including um, Ray um, Greenslade. Yep, yeah, Greenslade at uh, the Guardian, um, and he reported it. Other national newspaper, newspapers also picked up. Include the Daily Mail. I oh, know, you looked at well. it as well, did yeah, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read it. I've read it. And. Uh, so what we've done is we've sent an email uh, to uh, Mr. Greenslade highlighting um, the coverage of the editor's, editor's eyes. So if there's any f- further uh, communication, we'll obviously let you know. But um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it caused a lot of outrage.
0: But, Rob, last week you said you felt that we were witnessing the man on the brink of a mental breakdown, and I said we possibly there could be other, uh, we, after possibly, you know, then we possibly that we possibly were move beyond that point. And we talked about well, I said that I was. There's part of me that was very concerned about where this might lead. Yeah, I'll just read the story then. Oh Rob. God, don't and say it like that. I'll <laughs> read the story and let you make your own judgments. Right. Um, it's by Andrew Parks. It's his weekly editor's eye comment, and the the headline is "Suicide Should Be Debated." <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh no! no
0: editor's eye comment.
1: No. Oh god, no. Here's the story. Is, is he debating his own suicide? <laughs>
0: if death is a difficult subject to talk about. Then suicide has got to be ten times tougher. My brother tells me that within the space of a week, two people he knows have both shot and killed themselves. <laughs> Sorry, what? My brother tells me that within the space of a week, two people he knows
1: have two people he knows have both shot and killed themselves. This uh, this might be my own naivety, but I thought suicide by shooting in the UK is is quite rare. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong in thinking that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah,
0: because gun ownership generally would be quite.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh. I should say now that he lives in America,
1: right? Okay, and the deep sense. south
0: yeah. at that. So there's a good deal more access to guns. That happens on an hourly basis down there. One apparently planned things well: notes, phone messages to loved ones, and one clean shot. <laughs> I have to say, quite a good episode
1: title is "Notes, Phone Messages to Loved Ones, and One Clean Shot." <laughs> Could you... I'm sorry, I, I'm just absolutely shocked by that comment. <laughs> That's the most insensitive comments I've ever heard. <laughs> Explain why <laughs> Plan things well. Just imagine if that was the were the family, the relatives reading that. And he, and she, so he did. He did leave. He left a message. He did leave a phone. It was a good shot.
0: Yeah, can you imagine at the funeral? At least That's we know. Horrendous. At least we know that at at even to the end, he was a fastidious planner. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> He left notes to the family, uh, phone messages to loved ones, just to let them know. And also, he, he carried out the suicide, the, the self-shooting, with uh, incredible efficiency. It was one clean shot straight through the head. And he made sure that the cleaning products were one hand after directly after whoever found him. It is unbelievable. Mm. Uh, the other poor fellow got it wrong and took six hours to bleed to death before being found in his kitchen. <laughs> is that, is that Alex, more sensitive than the last comment? The other poor fellow got it wrong... <laughs> and took it took six hours for him to bleed to death before being found in his kitchen so here he is talking to the relatives well yeah what a good plan well yeah he got this one wrong didn't he never could get things right which I'd imagine if you're somebody who's at that stage of life where you're thinking of taking your own life you're pretty much in a pit of despair thinking I can never get anything right and Andrew Parks is there to say you didn't even get the suicide right
1: I, I, Alex I'm, I'm actually lost for words I mean you keep saying that, this yeah but I'm not making these up. No, I know no, really. that's the problem. It's the fact that why would you need to report it this much detail? I mean, suicide is, is is a very distressing topic. I think for anyone because it's, it's the, the fact that someone feels that this is the the kind of action they have to take, and. It's He's, funny that
0: you're wearing a Joy Division t-shirt as we talk. That is <laughs>
1: With, with uh, the lead singer on it? Yes, but Ian he, Curtis. He, 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 he didn't shoot himself. He, he, he hung himself, so it's entirely different. Right. Uh, I do have the, actually, I do quite listen to uh, if you didn't, If anyone doesn't know, Ian Curtis actually hung himself to Iggy Pop's album, The Idiot, um, which is a very good album I, I, I would hasten to add. But you wearing at t-shirt isn't A Cry For Help? Uh, no, 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 no.
0: So, he continues. Not yet, anyway. It is, of course, hard to imagine what state of mind, or more accurately, how out of your mind you must be to contemplate such a decision.
1: Uh, uh, Please, <laughs> so, so, is there anyone Just say it wrong? What is wrong with this Has man? Has anyone say reported it. this to, to the press complaint? Because if he's going to deal with a subject like like suicide, could you not deal with it with an? I mean, so why suicide? is he dealing with it? Why
0: <laughs> Again, another... Because he's
1: struggling with his own mental illness.
0: That's why he's dealing with it. You're, you could be quite right. I wonder if we need to tell somebody about this. He's, oh, this is why. He says, but in a week where there have been another two desperately sad stories featuring people who appear to have chosen to jump from high buildings rather than continue to live. again another I way, this story? What, what stories are these? I don't know. It has once again raised the question of suicide. But I love the fact that he frames it in these such simplistic terms. People who have chosen to jump from high buildings rather than continue to live. Shall I continue to live or shall I jump from a high building?
1: Yeah, it's, it's not one or the other. The, the, it's a last resort. And also, I'm sorry, but the, these, these comments... They could, they, they, if, if we didn't know the man in question, they could be perceived as, 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 as black humour, right? Is that fair to say? That's true. But we know that this man is being completely genuine and just doesn't have an ounce of tact when, when talking about these topics. But Rob, it's touched him.
0: Right. Uh, <laughs> no, has it? Uh, Listen, as a young reporter, I myself witnessed the aftermath of a husband and wife suicide pact, which was so horrific, I'm still not allowed to report the details to you. Suicide was decriminalized in 1961, and everyone has some sympathy, and, any- and everyone has every sympathy for anyone driven to such an action. But as a civilized society, there is still so much more we need to consider. Not being afraid to talk about suicide is a good starting point, and while no one can expect a suicidal person themselves to consider the effect on those left to deal with the aftermath, this should also be a talking point. In many cases, voluntary euthanasia would not solve the problems, but I know in two of the four cases I've mentioned, the protagonist would definitely have taken this as a preferred option.: Right, OK. This in itself raises even more delicate questions, but it's definitely time for us all to start debating the pros and cons of suicide.
1: <laughs> Why what? did he finish with that? <laughs> pros and cons of suicide?
0: What are the pros of suicide? Well, you know, what is, what is the pros? It gets rid of excess in the population. Trims it the fat, it. Rob. It trims the fat.
1: The next time I'm, I'm out with maybe friends or my girlfriend um, and having a nice meal, I will be sitting down and saying to her, have you considered the pros and cons of suicide? <laughs> The pros and cons. What does he mean? If, okay, <laughs> if, it's, if it's voluntary euthanasia, yes, I can understand that. But suicide, know it's... It, yeah, by all means, talk about it, but there are no pros to suicide. I've got one story, and I just think that after the, the, the editor's eye, which is, let's face it, quite heavy, uh, this is a good news story, Alex. Okay, good. Um... I haven't got the Does it involve animals? Uh, it does involve animals. Yes, yes. it does. Yep.
0: Oh, by the way, shouldn't we tell people where our listener story segment has gone? We haven't had one this week. The reason being is we always say we pick out the best story. And this week, the stories, some of them were okay, but they weren't... We, we they didn't were want, lacking, basically. We didn't, we didn't want to feature them this week, but hopefully it will return next week. You know, you've got to up your game, listeners. Anesthesiacs. Absolutely. Uh, the story is from the... Uh... Although I'm sure they will probably have something to say about the fact that I'm reading out stories about... Moths and a man picking up litter from the side of a road, but but there you go. I'm allowed to be hypocritical because I do the podcast
1: alongside Rob. It's nice that you highlighted that. Um, The story, my good news story, is from the Coiden Advertiser. The uh, the, the journalist is Sarah May Hayes, and the title is Chubby Labrador Rescues Colesden Builder from Fox Attack. What a brilliant headline! Yeah, that's possible. I think that's one of my favorites, I have to say. Can you read it again? Chubby. A chubby retriever rescues Croydon builder from fox attack. Brilliant! I love the fact that they specified that the
0: dog was chubby.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really understand more how it relates to the story, but uh, you know, maybe makes him makes him more lovable. I don't know. A builder who was about to be savaged by a pack of foxes, <laughs> which is which is a good story in and of itself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, was saved by an overweight pet
0: Labrador. <laughs> overweight pet Labrador is a great episode title. <laughs> Told you it's a good story. You should have told me before I read out my moss thing. I could have saved
1: that for another week. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, Joe Curling, 28, was working at home in uh, Woodlands Grove, Colston, on Friday when he was set upon by the Foxes. I know Colston. Do you? Yeah. So do I. I had a friend who lived there. Oh. (laughs) You tell our pies. He told the advertiser I had to bring in some woods to the top of the garden for a bonfire we were making. The garden is very long, bragging, about 160 feet. Do you know what? I think this might be either the house or on the same
0: road as my friend lived. Because that's exactly what those gardens were. They're about 160 feet, quite narrow, but incredibly long. What's this man's name? Uh, Joe Curling. Mr. Curling. Don't know.
1: No, show The garden is very long, about 160 feet. When I got to the bonfire, two large foxes came out from behind a wooden panel. (laughs) They've been hiding from laying away. Along along with a hand grenade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just found in a flower pot. There you go! If you're about to suggest that the way to deter foxes is a hand grenade...
0: No. Oh, what? You said, how did that hand grenade get in that guy's house? The story earlier. So yours Animals. My... Animals found the hand grenade and hid it under a plant pot, and they're slowly collecting the things they need to take over that
1: area. Alex, I, I, I don't like the idea, because it personally scares me, that, that animals that, become that, a your cat, that your cat Nibbler could be secretly hoarding weaponry. Which is more than likely. Well, that is a possibility, yes. But I, I don't like to think that I'm in my own home. I like to think I'm safe, although I know I'm not. They were growling at me, and I just froze. I knew they were coming for me. It was very intimidating. Just as uh, just as Joe thought, thought the foxes were about to spring, he suddenly saw the family the family dog, Honey, <laughs> leap through the garden. Honey was well, asleep the,
0: with the flab sort of jiggling.
1: No, with a hand grenade in one paw. Yeah, yeah. Literally, she literally pull no! pull the pin out with her teeth. Threw it with a, a little paw. And, uh, yeah. Um, honey was asleep just before i gone out to the garden, says Joe from Colston. Let's <laughs> re-emphasize that again. Uh, she must have heard the foxes growling and rearing up at me because she flew down the garden. I couldn't believe how quick she was. She jumped over the rockery and I was just sure she was about to fall, but she didn't. She placed herself in between me and the foxes and started growling at them. At that moment, I knew I had to run and that was my chance. What well, on thod, Honey? Do you not think the he well, just left Honey? To... So he just left her, did he? He did. He left. her So he face ran off
0: like a scared cat, like a chicken, yep. and left Honey to
1: fend for herself. He left his own white pet to deal with the foxes. But wait, Alex. What about all this wood he had? Couldn't he swung that at the foxes? <laughs> at this point, there's probably a lot he could have done. If they were just, I'm sure that let's face it, he could probably went out and a bunch of, a bunch of foxes. I may be wrong. I'm not so sure, Rob. Possibly not wrong. Joe ran down the garden into the safety of the house, but Honey the Labrador remained in the garden, guarding the doorway for about fifteen minutes. I was, very shook- I was very shaken, says Joe. I was on the phone to my brother when it happened, and he said I screamed like a girl. <laughs> Just like I said. Yeah. I don't want to think of how it would have ended if, any, if, if honey hadn't saved me. I gave yeah. her lots of treats yeah. to say thank you. Well, how does he think it might have ended? But literally being torn limb from limb by a pack of Basically, wild,
0: rampaging foxes. Yeah, fucking hell. while
1: his dog st- stood there and watched, <laughs> and then joined in. <laughs> she saved the day. Croydon's answer to Lassie wasn't always such a wonder dog, however. <laughs> she was adopted by the Jones family three and a half years ago and weighed a whopping 48 kilograms. That's a fucking big dog. Um, owner, Linda Jones, 40, said, I had two Labradors, but then one lost. Oh, mean? but then lost one, sorry. <laughs> How did you lose a Labrador? Does
0: she mean it died? Or does she mean she was just out one day? I think she meant it turned died. Turned round. Oh, I've lost it. Oh, oh it's gone. Go home, honey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've got another one. That'll be right. <laughs> and my chocolate Labrador blue was very lonely, so we got a rescue dog. Honey was so fat, we had to get her weight <laughs> down. And she really enjoyed ripping, the, ripping open the recycling bags at first, but she was an absolute angel. She's very protective of her territory, which is why I think she ran to save Joe. I think it's the bitch in her. Strange comment. Uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> bit what I mean. Bit, is, of, bit, of jealousy, yeah, a bit of jealousy. Yeah, bit of jealousy. The dog does seem to be better than the wife. Uh, I have two children. They've never been a problem. She is a lovely dog. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Read that again. I have two children and she's never been a problem. It sounds like it, that she's trying to imply the children have been a problem. Yeah. <laughs> the, the children have been a problem, but the dog's fine. <laughs> Sorry. She is a lovely dog. We are very proud of her bravery. What a lovely story.
0: Rob, I don't know why I'm saying this. I've just got a feeling. This man in this house. Yes. And honey.
1: No, Alex,
0: don't go there. Are having a sexual relationship <laughs> Who buys a dog and calls it honey?
1: That's true, yeah. You can make of comments like, I want some honey. Or, yeah. I like a bit Come of sugar. Come here, honey. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, honey. Oh. Well, that kind of thing. But wouldn't it be odd if I bought a dog Stop and you said, honey. what's its name? And you said, yeah, I call it Sugar or Sexy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Sugar is okay. I think you would, I think I would be slightly concerned if I went around to a friend's house and uh, they introduced me to, to their cat called Sexy. I mean, I know that's how you view my cat, but that's another thing altogether.
0: Rob, all I'll say is that for some reason, known best to yourself, you decided to call your cat Nibbler. Let's leave it at that. Take care, anesthesiacs. Bye. God bless. (laughs)